I'm Lauren. And I'm Ashley. And this, guys, is Nip Tuck Pod. We are your girl chat. We say the things you want to hear, the things that you're thinking but you don't want to say out loud. And we're all about being strong, aspirational women who basically don't give a... Uh, Lauren, anyway, if you want unfiltered chat, amazing beauty and product recommendations, then look no further, guys. This is the podcast where you will get all of the girly chat. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. everybody and welcome back to Vicky Patterson The Secret 2. I am joined by none other than, oh god, he's my favourite person in the industry, it's Eamon Holmes and I'm fangirling so hard! Uh, <laughs> thank you Victoria, don't care if, you, if it's a lie or not, I'm loving it. Good, so, thank you for saying so. I would never lie, you've been like such <laughs> an, a hero and such a nice man to me every time we meet, like... This is all from the heart, I promise. <laughs> yeah. What did you think? When you and I worked together on It's Not Me, It's You. Yeah. So there was, I was the um, the, the question master and Vicky was a team captain. <laughs> and Kelly Brooke was the other team captain. Think Such how a tough day. a job that was for me. I said to them, no, you don't have to pay me. It's fine. I'll do it. And um, so it was a Kelly and Vicky sandwich. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and, and we were working, but as everybody, uh, you know, all these things, the idea is to make them look fun, isn't it? But yeah. there was there was hard work went into all of that for all of us. Do you remember much about it? Do you remember about thinking about it or? It's so weird you should bring it up because literally I've just had Catherine Ryan on the pod and I was saying to her, like, we've bumped into each other a couple of times. Like, I'll think you're a great. And she's like, yeah, well, of course I did your show. And she was talking about It's Not Me, It's You. And I was thinking, uh-huh. like, we just got some incredible guests, Damon, didn't we? Like, looking that, back. Why was that show never recommissioned? I've got th- no idea because it was, honestly, I think the TV landscape is is at a, is a loss without it. I thought it was brilliant. A I loss, absolutely loved it without us i agree with you and it was a grown-up job for you because i remember phoning you and and i'm saying look they want you for this and somebody's messing them about and i'm just telling you this would be good for you do this show do this and you were you were in somewhere like portugal or something i don't know you were abroad i think and we ended up we ended up talking and i said to you and i spoke to you honestly i said to you look you can do a b c d and e but this is you and a much more grown-up vein i mean obviously i was talking rubbish at the end of the day because nobody recommissioned it it was their loss not ours but it sort of didn't take off the way i wanted it for you that was that was it but then I, i think like you do in this industry like you take a punt on some stuff and some things like that show in particular like it was brilliant and like my the opportunity for me to work with you to work with kelly Brew. yeah and all the amazing comedians we had on, like, I'm yeah. so pleased I didn't pass it up, whether it got commissioned or not, because that was like a big set, Eamon. And I it was, was so impressed and so I just felt really grateful to be part of it. So, no, I'm pleased you convinced us whether we got recommissioned or not, but I do think it's a no. loss. 
That was good. And we've, and we've been pals ever since. We certainly have, from yeah. being on the sofa and meeting up at glamorous events. Oh, no, we rub shoulders uh, all the time. Do you know what? I'm, <laughs> saying, I'm just saying to you now, the diary fills up very quickly, right? So the wedding day, the whole thing, I just, just get it. I'm not, I'm not being presumptuous. I'm just saying, don't be disappointed. Don't be asking me. And then your mom's going to say, where's Eamon? And I'm not going to be there and whatever, but just you get the date in. Oh, Eamon, you'll be like the, one of the first people I ring because who's going to officiate if you're not yeah, there? I hope I, I hope I have to do a reading. I hope I get a reading to yeah. do or something. Oh, yeah. I want you to full on marry her. Like, you've got big responsibilities <laughs> that day, mate. <laughs> oh. Before the break, I was telling you all about the lovely lady in your life, Ruth. Um, yeah. But of course, she's not the only one. She has to share your affections yes, yes, with yeah. Maggie. Now, Maggie's looking at me as we speak. Maggie's so small and I can't, she's, she's looking we oh, come on in love i can't, I can't show it because i'd have to move she's so small you never see her but she's looking through the glass on this door at me Maggie. and i'll just hold on go on grab her in so for everyone who yeah. doesn't know if you've been living us. under a rock maggie is eamon's dog and she is the duck's nuts She's just in the back. Look, look, there's so much. Look, even she, there's even pillows. Oh, even she's everywhere. Yeah. She's everywhere. She's just gone under the table, but she's so small you can't see her. Nice, nice, nice. No, she doesn't. But she's she's very nice, but she's she's very nice, but she's dim. You know, she's really lovely, and the very fact that she's a rescue dog, I think she's perennially uh, thankful that yeah. we have her we'd like to think that and i mean it's such a love affair vicky it's um i don't know if you've ever had a dog or um, no about dogs but I, I i never did i never thought we i thought it'd be too busy to have one and whatever but she has changed my life and i not only towards her this is not just about her this is about every animal this is about me watching wildlife documentaries this is about me thinking about welfare on farms this is so many things i now get these animals i mean we we should be able to communicate with them. We should be able to have an intelligence and empathy between yeah. us and animals. We have to share the planet with them. I, I could go on forever, but I see animals through my dog's eyes and vice versa. So even mm. if I'm looking mm. at a, a tiger or a horse or whatever, I can see the eyes that Maggie has as well. And I'm very proud that I went and adopted her, which, oh, it's, which is brilliant. Such a lovely thing to do. Like, so between me and you, I've, I'm desperate for a dog, Eamon. Like, I adore Maggie. I constantly like her pictures on Instagram. I follow so many animal accounts. Yeah. And I've wanted a doggy for as long as I can remember. Um, but I feel like it's probably essentially a little bit similar to you, like a bit of a moral responsibility not to just go out and shop and buy one. Um, so I've, I've approached Dogs Trust recently and yeah. I've just signed up to their puppy pilot scheme. Oh, I love it. You know, I'm, I'm a patron of dogs trust as a result yes. of all of this and uh, and i'll just say this vicky you don't choose that dog that dog will choose you <laughs> and uh, you know, i haven't got long enough in the podcast to tell you but basically the dog chose us the dog yeah. chose us and that will happen and you will feel so good for the rest of your life that dog's life as long as you're together yeah. that you have given that dog a better life and sometimes these dogs are abandoned and it's so sad yeah say they've been with somebody for five years ten years and that person dies oh god um, you know and, and the animal's now left in its own its life has changed whatever some are abandoned some are abused there's all sorts of reasons for it but you're doing a really good thing a really good thing and it will bring so much joy into your life that animal so much oh, joy i can't wait so yeah so we're all signed up and um so the, the, the puppy pilot scheme they kind of 
they intercept puppies being brought illegally into the country. Yes, so, yes. um, all sorts of different dogs, whether they're like whatever breed. And yeah, the woman's going to give us a ring when she gets them. So oh. fing- fingers crossed there could be a dog mom yeah. very soon, Eamon. Well, do you know what? And you're, you're, what you're talking about is you're getting a mongrel, which is amazing, right? <laughs> and, um, so I, I had my dog. I knew she came from Ireland. I adopted her uh, at Dogs Trust near Wembley. Staying true. Yeah, curiosity. Roots. Well, the, the curiosity was getting, getting to me. And I thought, I'm going to get a DNA test done on the dog. So I, I sent didn't the even DNA. know you could do that. Yeah. And, and I sent the DNA off to the USA because I thought, I don't want anybody knowing this is my dog. Or there's no picture going with this and whatever. <laughs> And the result came back, Vicky. Mm-hmm. And you can see Border Collie. It's mostly Border Collie, mm-hmm. you know, 70% or so Border Collie. There's a little bit of Corgi, something called a Welsh Healer, 1%. There's something Terrier, 1%. And then the rest of the dog is Sausage Dog. <laughs> so that is the beautiful combination or a sausage dog and a Randy Border Collie or whatever. Don't ask me how it came about. Was, but this, she, was this an orgy to get Maggie, was it? But you imagine ordering deliberately specific a la carte. Um, but, but that's what, that's what the DNA test came back with her. There'll only ever be one of her. Just amazing. Oh, bless that. You know, you can tell, like, whenever I see her face in pictures, I'm like, oh, she's so like a border collie. Like, she's very yes. like that in the face. But when I saw her little legs there, I could definitely see the, Yeah, the she's corgi just like in a her. Black, if you can imagine a black fox, you know, she's like, <laughs> yeah. she's like Basil Brush's head and the body of a fox. Really, she oh. is she is a one-off, but um, there is such jealousy between me and Ruth as to is she my dog or Ruth's dog. But the thing is, she always gravitates towards me. Ruth does most of the walking and yeah. all sorts of things with her, and um, and she gets quite hurt when the dog gravitates to me. But then I know why it is because Ruth goes, "You're only to feed the dog dry food. You're not to feed her outside meal times." So I go, "Yes, darling. Yes, darling. Yes, darling." The dog adores me because I'm constantly feeding the dog potato crisps and sausages and meat from the fridge and whatever, whatever, whatever. So the dog, of course, the dog adores me. That's it. it Urkan says to me, "He's like, there's no." He says. Before we found out about the puppy scheme and everything, he was like, I just don't want to get a dog with you. He was like, honestly, he was like, you're going to make it fat. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. He was like, you will. He was like, you'll just feed it constantly. My sister's got a little yeah. chihuahua. And yeah. all I do is give that I like know. baby bells and cheese strings and stuff. But I will. That's what and- Ruth does to me, you know. Ruth does that. She She's a feeder. Do you ever hear oh. these women who are feeders? Oh, Ruth, I am. Ruth, I am Ruth's one. way of keeping me is not to dress up in all sorts of kinky gear or anything like that. Her <laughs> way of dealing with me is to feed me and I reckon she makes me so big that no one else her plan is that no one else will fancy me because she outsizes me she'll make me feel so big that I'll become less desirable to people Eamon Um, there is no pan size in the world that will overcome for your charisma mate that's all I'm saying no no waist size in the world you just give birth to it Eamon (laughs) But Maggie helps with you you losing weight, I heard, doesn't she? Like you take her on your walks, you've trimmed down since you got her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's exercise you wouldn't normally have. That has to be said. But I mean, the biggest thing helped me to lose weight was not to do breakfast television anymore, you know, not to be, you know, know, going to bed at 11 o'clock 
getting up at 2.30, 3 o'clock, um, snacking throughout the day, yeah. running on adrenaline. You know, your body's really messed up with it. You know, five days a week doing that sort of stuff and uh, a lot of travel. I mean, in yeah. days of old, travel, remember that? I mean, you know, I'm commuting back and forward from Belfast. I'm flying to Leeds. I'm going to Glasgow. I'm, mm-hmm. You know, I'm constantly on the go doing things yeah. when I used to be in demand. And, um, uh, but you know, and, 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 but honestly, when you do less and you put less demands on your body, well, of course it has an effect. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, do you know what though? I think like convenience and that's like speaking from experience, like when you are caught on the hop, when you're rushing from train or airport or whatever, the like convenience food, things like pre-packed sandwiches yeah. and bloody them shortbread yeah. biscuits you get on the train. Oh yeah. God. Yeah. That's like, a, that's the, that's the game over, isn't it? Always was for me. Anyway. Yeah. But it's all a bit of a treat as well. You know that. I mean, you get on that train to Newcastle or whatever. What have you got? Three and a half hours or so, isn't it? Aye, three if you're lucky. Yeah. When you sort of, you want a cup of tea, you want a biscuit, you want a bag of crisps, you want a soft drink, you want a sandwich. You you know, (laughs) but but that's just typical whether you're on an airplane, whether you're waiting in an airport, whether you're at a motorway services. You know, people talk about eating healthy on the go. Unless you pack your own lunch, you're doomed. Impossible. Impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I think some people might manage it, but I've definitely not got the willpower. I'm a bit squishy and I think I'm always going to be and I'm fine with that. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was going to say something, but probably be arrested. So I'm not bothered. Um, but no, there's nothing wrong with being squishy. Nothing wrong with it, kiddo. Oh. Nothing wrong with it. Eamon, you are a smooth talker and that must be, well, it must attribute a little bit to how you've been in the industry so long. Not to mention you've great skill, your incredible knowledge. I mean, I'm going really hard now, but I just want to know what it was like and what made you want to become in this industry? Oh, good question. Um, I think in my case, cheaper than everybody else. Um, <laughs> but, but, but I think that all I can say to you is that some people, the great people that I would have admired who you probably wouldn't even know who they were, but these great broadcasters are, are the epitome of which, you know, the Terry Wogans of this world, the Desmond Lynams yeah. of this world, the, the greats, the absolute greats, they made it look easy. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't easy and it was even harder back in their day, particularly being a sports anchor or something like that. Yeah. And to have the charm and look, what I would say about what we do especially me as a live broadcaster, is I'm not paid for when it goes right. I'm paid for when it goes wrong. Right. <laughs> and and most people shouldn't know the difference, right? Yeah. And and that's what sorts the pros out from the also-rans. And I, I would say this generally, I think once you get on the conveyor belt, once you're accepted by the public, once the public say, yeah, that's okay, that person, I, I quite like that person, that's okay. I think all you can be is yourself and this is a great tribute that i would i would pay to you because whether you like vicky patterson or you don't like vicky patterson the one thing is she is she is vicky patterson she's not somebody else she's not (laughs) trying to be somebody else and and i think what i would say to you or to anyone else is when you are yourself at least you know who you are i mean throughout 40 years of doing what i do the thing that shocked me and amazed me was People who are incredibly funny and natural and witty and life and soul of the party off screen mm-hmm. and on screen, they're complete robots or, you know, or, or, or people who on screen are quite relaxed and funny and people think they're certain thing and off screen, 
their nasty bits of work or their, yeah. you know, their different type of people. And all I could say is if you can be consistent, whether people like you or not, but at least you're true to yourself and mm-hmm. you, you the authenticity is a great thing. So these people tune in and they say, well, we like what that guy Holmes does. We sort of know what he stands for. Mm-hmm. So why not, why not stick with him? That's okay. So at least they know what they're getting. And if, if you, have an authenticity about yourself. If you understand your business, if you're true to your business, if you're professional about your business, um, that, that people will know that, well, they know your journey yeah. and they, they buy into who you are. I mean, listen, that's not to say that sometimes, you know, quite a lot, the media will make you into something that they want. It's not that you ever said you were this person. They say, well, he or she goes into that box. They go into that box and it's very hard. People love putting you in boxes yeah. in the industry. And I love jumping out of boxes. I love escaping from boxes. And <laughs> Escape all the storms. That's what I feel like. But I, I would just say to you, I think the thing I'd say to anybody starting out or being there is try and be authentic. Um, because at least you'd be able to sleep at night, you know? Yeah. Do you know what? I always say that, like, for, ye- for years, like obviously everyone knew us from Geordie Shore and stuff. And then I got the opportunity to do the jungle and, and show people that there was probably more to me than they'd initially assumed and stuff. And ever since then, I've just spent my time trying to be dead honest and dead authentic and exactly who I am because it's so much easier to look in the mirror. It's so much easier to go yeah. to sleep at night if you like yeah. who you are and you can yeah. be proud of that. Like I lost a bit of myself on Geordie Shore and became what I thought the wonders to be. And I just couldn't look at myself. I didn't like who I was becoming. So no, I, I completely echo those sentiments, Eamon. I think it's a nice bit of advice yeah. there. <laughs> but you're also, you're, you're older and you're wiser. Yeah. You've grown into your skin. Um, we all develop, I mean, you're not the same person you were 10 years ago. No. I'm probably not the same person I was 10 years ago. Um, and if I live another 10 years, I'll, I'll be a different person again. So I think we're all allowed to evolve and discover. But as I say, stay, stay true to yourself. Why? I used to think, Vicky, that everybody on TV was from a privileged background. Like yeah. everybody was from a better background than me. I mean, I was from, I was from fantastic, stable parents, but I'm council house boy. <laughs> you know, very, very modest. You know, there's nothing, there's no privilege in, in my life. Hard work and family. Yeah. But I used to think, well, everybody, they won't be from council houses. They won't be, they won't be, they'll be, you know, they'll have a silver spoon in their mouth and they'll be this and they'll be that. What I found out was that most people are from the ordinary lives that we're all from. Yeah. <laughs> they're from a bungalow or they're from a semi-detached or they're from a tar block or they're from whatever, whatever. They just don't like talking about it. And I go, <laughs> and I go, but why why are you so ashamed of your background? Because people think their background will hold them back. And if they actually then just realize that my background's the same as Vicky Patterson's background, mm. Vicky Patterson's the same as somebody else, somebody else, somebody else, you mean yes, you, you become different. I mean, you know, in my life I've earned money. Uh my life changes. Oh my god, my mother you know, my mother, when I talk about, I sometimes pull my mother up from restaurants and I say, mum, I'm in a restaurant. You never guess what I'm eating. And she'll say, what? And I'll say, pig's feet. And she'll always to love pig's feet. Remember your daddy used to go and get those from the butchers on a Saturday and would have pig's feet on a Saturday night, all of which is true. And I'll say, yes, mummy, what would they cost? So she'll say, oh gosh, they would have cost about two shillings or whatever it was, like something, nothing, no, no money at all. And I said, do you know how much I'm paying for my pig's feet right now? She said, what? I said, 45 quid. 
and, and it'll be and I said and it's the size of your thumbnail that's that's about it and I it she's human is she oh she, Jesus Mary and Joseph that's a sin against God I don't understand why you do that uh, Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. And, and but, 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 but it is, I mean, I, as a youngster, would never admit we ate pig's feet or tripe, or <laughs> cow's hearts. Oh my God, my dad used to boil cow's hearts in a big pot, and he used to be slicing that up. I mean, goodness, it was like child abuse, now that you think of it. But in those days, that was called awful. Awful, oh, probably. A- it, does a- sound, w- it does sound a- awful as well. Yeah, awful, O-F-F-A-L. And, but that's what people, ate. that was part of your, you know, things like ribs and... Um, you know, I mean, it was it was it was potato, it was veg, and it was some sort of cheap meat like that. But at least it was real cheap meat. It isn't processed or whatever. But what I'm trying to say is that there is there is class divides, there are race divides, there are sex divides, there are all sorts of divides. But um, that, that you go through life is, and sometimes you think that all the things that make us different, we have more in common than we have that divides us. We have more that draws together than we have. That divides us really, as, as I would say, when you actually sit and talk to people. Yeah, I think it's it's so nice how open you are about how you are brought up, and I do think it's becoming. I think as you get older, like you, when you're a bit younger, you might be a bit embarrassed about stuff because you just don't quite understand how much your parents had to sacrifice to give you the things they did, and actually yeah. how lucky you were to grow up in a home with like people who loved you and laughed at and all the rest of it. I know, like. Once I got to me sort of my twenties or something, like it didn't matter if I didn't have if I hadn't had everything I wanted when I was growing up. What mattered is like the things my parents instilled in us. Like I work hard and I'm nice to everybody and I learn everybody's name and I'm grateful. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I appreciate those things that I've got so much more now than say someone who never really mm-hmm. had a graft to get where they were. Vicky, you, you've said something there. You've learned everyone's name and. Often, sometimes, especially when you get to my age, sometimes you forget names just through because <laughs> you get to that age, you forget everything. But I'll say this to you. Good. I'll say this to you. It never ceases to amaze me how many TV presenters don't bother learning people's names or treating other individuals Terrible. with dignity around them. And you've seen it, and yeah. I've seen it, and I always observe on I always, always mention it. I always think it that it's a strange thing it's a strange thing but but it is what it is i read somewhere once eamon and i don't know you've probably met this fella so you'll know whether it's true or not but i haven't so it was simon cowell 
And he, they, he said that I know everybody's name on my shows and whether they are like a researcher or a runner, the fella getting my tea or whether it's a CEO of like, or whether it's me act, whatever it is, he says, I, I learn everybody's name and like, you best be sure I'm going to make them feel like they are important yeah. and part of this team. Cause when people feel appreciated, they just work harder. Yeah. Like it is what it is. Well, do you know, do you know what? Simon Carl is a very important person. There are very few people in our industry that's more important than him. And my experience of him is walking through the airport first with my kids when they were, you know, seven, nine, and 11 or something. And saying hello to him and him taking time to speak to my kids and remembering their names mm-hmm. and just making a fuss of them. Doesn't really, Aww. you know, made, made a fuss of them. Yeah. But Every time I've met Simon Carl since, he asked me about my kids, who are now my eldest lads, 32, same, you know, same age as you. <laughs> yes. And, um, you know, and Sir Alex Ferguson is exactly the same. Absolutely remembers people's names, sends you a Christmas card. It's really mm-hmm. that sort of personal touch with people. And um, Fergie's brilliant because he, um, he's got an amazing memory, an amazing brain. And he'll come to me and he'll say, he'll be sitting beside you somewhere and he'll go, do you still live at, and then he'll go, <laughs> and he'll give you the address. And I'll say, no, I moved, I moved from there, boss. It's now changed, but you did send me one this year as well. And whatever. And he'll know your address. And I remember saying to him once, I said to him, but you don't do those. And he, he said, what the, I said, I do write those. I said, does your wife not do those? Your secretary not do those? Does somebody not do the, the and he said, no, I do those myself. And I totally believe him, you know, yeah. that he, he takes time to do his, um, his Christmas cards. And, uh, oh. but those, those little personal touches, they, they can't, you know, they remember. And my father always me. used to say, my father used to say, it's nice to be nice. Now, I don't think, having said that, I don't think it's, you have to be nice to everyone. I think it's quite good not to be nice to be. I think you're quite a boring person. Keep people on their toes. Have, yeah, if you don't have, if there's certain people who don't, who, you know, for someone that knows you don't like them, I think, well, there's a good reason for that, you know. <laughs> and it makes you quite a boring person if you've got no enemies. So I think, no, no. Oh, we've Fine. all got we've all got people who grind wuggy as we can't be nice to absolutely everyone. But no, across no. across the board, I do think being kind is the way forward. And yes, always, yeah. Always felt like, you've met so many people over the years through one medium or another. You've mentioned a couple big stars there, Eamon, big stars who you see are really nice. Who is the nicest all time person you've ever met? Oh, in no, the well, no, oh no, that's an awful question. That's an awful question. Um, well, no, no, I can answer it. You can give us Look, a top three if it's hard. Well, I can give you, I can give you, um, and even that will be unfair. I remember uh, how nice Pierce Brosnan uh, was. <gasps> oh, just understood. Friendly, gorgeous man, lovely. I remember how nice Robin Williams was. I remember how nice John Travolta was. I remember how nice <sighs> Tom Hanks was. I could go through, and usually the bigger they are, the the nicer they are. But Tom I know Hanks. actually I can answer your question. Go on. I can answer your question that the nicest man I I met in show business, I had idolized him oddly enough as a kid. Mm-hmm. And he was he played a knight in shining armor when I first remember he was a knight called Ivanhoe. I could sing you the theme tune of the the, <laughs> the, the, the program on ITV. Yeah. He then went on to become the saint. Do 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 he then be- came on to act with Tony Curtis and the Persuaders, and he then became James Bond. And it was Roger Moore. Honestly. And 
And oh. I was very, very blessed and very, very lucky that um, he was my bond. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that I was a stalker or anything. This man, I met him behind the scenes at, um, there used to be a show on BBC One on a Saturday night called Noel Edmonds House Party. I used to love it. Mr. Blobby and, loved it. Oh, it was Mr. Blobby and all the rest. And um, and I'm standing behind um, waiting to go on. One of the things you had to do was to knock a door and then mm-hmm. open the door to the manor. Yeah. And uh, Noel would open the door. And I was standing waiting to go on with Roger Moore backstage. I'm thinking, James Bond. I'm standing here with James Bond. <laughs> Fangling um, hard. <laughs> and he he um he started chatting to me and he said, uh, Eamon, I've just flown in from Switzerland to be here tonight. And um my so dad, bad. who's in the audience, and he says to me, Roger, bad form, bad form, Roger, really off key. He said, Dad, what's wrong? He said, there's this woman who was on TV last week and she was complaining about you that you never answer your phone, you never answer your fan mail, you never you never do, you're, you're very rude, you've ignored her, you've done this. He said, it's not good for your image, Roger. It's not, you just should be more decent than that. He said, Dad, who is this woman? And I'll get in touch. And he said, her name is Mrs. Merton. She's a woman from wherever, Manchester, whatever, whatever it is. And, she's, and she was on with Russell Harty or whoever it was. And she was just telling all about this, about you, how you just don't return her calls or anything. And I said, no, Roger, she's not real. She's not real. She's a, she's a character, a character played by Carol, an actress called Carolyn O'Hearn, a comedian. Yeah. And he went, really? Really? I said, my dad thinks she's real. Whatever. And, um, and that was our conversation. I had to go on and knock the door. And after that, we became, we became, we knew each other and we became, well, associates, friends. Yeah. Um, we did a lot of work for UNICEF, um, oh. which he was an ambassador, very passionate with. And um, I, I do a lot of work with uh, Manchester United. And UNICEF were charity partners with Manchester United. And we did stuff there. And anyway, I, I could bore you forever with stories about Roger Moore. <laughs> oh. But Salasem, my greatest honour was be to be invited to be one of 100 people invited by the family to his memorial service. Uh, when he died, and that was a that was a tremendous privilege to be that. But he genuinely was the nicest, the funniest, the most understated mm. star that I've met. He was a star. He radiated stardom. Yeah. He was incredibly handsome. Um, he he just played himself down. He 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 never boasted a lot about what he did. Uh, he smoked big cigars. <laughs> he was. He was just, he was class. He was class. Oh. And it was a, such a privilege to to know him. And, you know, it's very funny. At his memorial service, I used to, when I was a kid, oh, I used to love a woman, an actress called Stephanie Powers. Right. Redhead actress. And she started a program called Heart to Heart, mm. right, with Robert Wagner. And I remember I used to look, as a teenager, I used to look at this. And she used to, she also starred with John Wayne in a film called McClintock. John Wayne's my ultimate hero. Oh, my dad. The amount of John uh, Wayne films I sat and watched with my dad when I was growing up. The Quiet Man. That was one yes. of my absolute favourites. Yeah. Loved it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, listen, I could bore you, Ridge. I could quote <laughs> the, the Quiet Man from start to finish. <laughs> And I just feel people who don't want to watch The Quiet Man, I think, oh, fine, well, you're missing out, you yeah, know. Yeah, fuck yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he says, he said this great thing, he had the chaperone, Barry Fitzgerald, he had the chaperone, uh, John Wayne, so he's playing Sean Tartan. Yeah. And he's he's trying to date Maureen O'Hara. And he said, um, he says hello to Maureen O'Hara. And the chaperone jumps in between them and hits him with a stick. <laughs> that'll be enough, that'll be enough, back there, now back there. And he said, 
And John Wayne says, but I only said good morning. And Barry Fitzgerald <laughs> says, but it was good night you had in your mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You do such a good John Wayne. You do such a good John Wayne. Wow, Pilgrim. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he, he's my he's my hero. He's my hero. If I ever want to go to a happy place, I I watch a John Wayne film. I'm just transported oh. by cowboy films and things. That's I should have been a cowboy. I really would have liked to have been a cowboy. <laughs> I wear a Stetson very well. I think you would have yeah. been an excellent cowboy, Eamon. But I mean, how many lives can one man have? You have achieved uh, an true. awful lot, mate. Like. Yeah. And I, it brings me to the end of this podcast, really. The one question that everyone is going to want to know the answer to, like whether it's your successful and wonderful marriage to your loving wife, Ruth, whether it is your like decades spanning career, you can't argue that you are a man who knows his way around longevity. And I want to know what your secret is to longevity. Well, you know, you've, you've touched upon a lot of it. I do think being civil being nice. I mean, if I've come into someone's life, I like to improve it. I like to tell people where they've gone right or where they've gone wrong. What I don't like about our business is people just smile at you. Yes, Vicky, that was great. That was the best podcast I ever heard, Vicky. Don't book her again. Don't have her on again. So no one, no one really tells the truth. And then, you know, sometimes people are too blunt with the truth, but sometimes people don't want to hear the truth. But mm. I think whatever your profession is, whatever your business is, I think if you can mentor someone, if you can hand on your experience, if you can make someone better as a result of that, I think that's a good thing to do. I think that just being being yourself so that people don't know, well, who am I getting today? Is it a yeah. nice aim and a mad aim and a bad aim and a happy aim and a whatever? If they basically know what you stand for, fine. And I think knowing people's names taking an interest in people around you. That's not to say I don't agree that you should have to like everybody or, you know, I just think you have to be authentic. I think, yeah. I think being, being authentic and being cheaper than everybody else. Yeah. I think that's. <laughs> oh, Eamon, honestly, like, thank you so much for taking up your time to do this. Like, I can't wait till lockdown is over and me and you can just have a massive John Wayne marathon on the sofa. Oh, my word. We'll watch The Quiet Man. That'll be it. <laughs> and can we eat crisps? Uh, yeah, and Watsits. I love a bit of Watsits. Yeah, that's fine. Are you Watsits, man? I'm I a like kind of, Watsits. I'm a prawn yeah. cocktail gal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, very good. <laughs> I actually have my crisps imported from Northern Ireland. Do you know that? Do you do tatoes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's when you know you've made it, mate. When you get, get, your, when you get foreign crisps. <laughs> Ruth goes, what's this in the post? What is this here today? And I go, I don't know. Something for the dog. I've no idea. I'll take it into the garage. So I have all this, this stash in the garage. She doesn't even know about <laughs> Silly Ruth. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Eamon. I love you. <laughs> thank, and I love you too, Vicky. Thank you very much indeed. Lovely talking to you. Thanks for having me on. God, I said Fanny to Eamon Holmes. And do you know what, guys? Like, you probably won't have even noticed how awkward it was because I say Fanny all the time on here. But I died a little bit inside. And then I couldn't actually concentrate properly on the rest of the podcast because all the tiny little voice in my head was doing was going, you said Fanny to Eamon Holmes. You said Fanny to Eamon Holmes. Like, oh, God, I hope he still likes us. I'm going to text him and apologise for saying Fanny. And then I have to say Fanny again. It's a vicious cycle, everybody. Damn it. <laughs> Apart from that, I did really love this week's air. Like, I feel like not only do I have some, like, top tips now for 
happy, long romance, but also for like a bit of longevity in your career as well. There's literally nobody better to talk to. He has a career and a relationship spanning decades. What an inspiration. And I have a major girl crush on Ruth. Maybe she should be my next guest. Maybe I should get them both on. They'd be fireworks. <laughs> right, guys, I hope you're still loving Vicky Pats in the Secret too. If you have any notes on the podcast, don't forget to let me know you know. Um, you can leave a review, but also you can email us. And we love hearing from you. So even if you want to let us know who you'd like to have as a new guest, or you have some like little pointers on how we can improve, we are all ears here at Vicky Pats in the Secret 2 HQ. So please continue to listen. Continue to tell your friends about it. Tell your work colleagues. Just spread the word. And I hope you loved it. Take care, guys, and see you next week. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.